So on our Tuesday um, uh, and, and Thursday, our weekday devotions, um, God's got us in this series release. And this is literally probably the longest series we've ever done, but I think that it is so important because if you remember, you know, um, not even two years ago, probably a year, year and a half ago, God uh, spoke regarding impact saying that, that, that there are people of faith, there are believers uh, who are studying the word, studying in the scriptures, um, um, but for whatever reason, they are tied up and, and they are bound and that they are not operating or working um, uh, in the ministry that he's given to all of us, like we saw in 2 Corinthians, where it says he's given all of us this ministry of reconciliation. Um, that just like Jesus was reconciling man back to God, he says, uh, uh, Paul says that now that ministry has been given to you as it is, is God making his appeal through you. And so he said that, that there are people who are skilled in the word, know the word, but they are tied up and that he's beginning to release people. But that was a year and a half ago before we even started this series on release. And it's been a blessing and we're getting text messages. I'm getting text messages and, you know, and it has to get the emails um, about uh, just how God is releasing things. They're re releasing people. People are releasing things. And so we're on this whole thing about release. And so before we get going with part eight, I just want to go through our release confessions, release confessions. And if you're new to um, the release series, um, either text or email, uh, impactfellowshipemail at gmail.com, impactfellowshipemail at gmail.com, or text me, text Sierra, and we can send the, the, um, the, the teaching series um, for all the teaching, actually. Um, and, and, and we can all get kind of caught up so we know where we are. So here we go. Release confession, uh, number one. So again, remember, this is part eight. So we got six of these, and so I'm going to read through. At some point, we're going to get to the point where all I'm doing is reading these release confessions before we uh, even have time to do anything. There we go. Um, release confession. Uh, number one, God is saying that this is the season, this is the time, this is the period where his people will experience release, okay? And so we even talked about in our speech therapy where when we're speaking from a place of authority, where we're speaking from the word of God, and we're speaking from our faith, that we now need to live in expectation. Release confession number two. If God is going to release me, then I need to make sure that there are no issues in recognizing and receiving the release that God has for me and the things that he is releasing to me. That we've got to make sure that there's no hindrances, that there isn't any sin, that there isn't any blinders that have, have, have us not aware, not able to recognize, and not able to receive the things that God is releasing to us. Uh, number three, I am deciding to let go of everything behind me. And remember, we talked about even the successes, because when Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I let go of the things behind me and I press towards the mark, that the things he was talking about letting go were great accomplishments. I mean, he considered himself, you know, a, a, a Jew's Jew. I was studied, I did, you know, and, and, and I was blameless by the law, but I'll leave that behind me to press towards the mark, right? And so it's easy to let go of things, we, you know, that we don't want uh, to, to bring with us. But what about those things that we consider the good old things, the things that we consider accomplishments when it isn't, when it isn't Christ, but it's earthly or fleshly, right? And so we talk about, I'm deciding to let go of everything behind me in order to pursue the things that God has for me and take nothing with me that does not belong. That's me releasing, right? Uh, number four was I will not allow what I'm going through now, watch this, I will not allow what I'm going through now to break my spirit and have me believing that my release is not coming and have me deaf and unresponsive to the voice of God. Remember that, that Moses went to tell the children of Israel the first time that God's going to deliver them, but they were so burdened down by this that they didn't even listen to the voice of God. And so we don't want to be put in that situation where we become so burdened down and our spirit so broken by the things we're going through right now that when God is speaking release, when God is speaking new, when God is speaking revision, 
in our life that we don't even hear it because we're weighed down by the things we're going through right now, right? We wanna make sure that we're always uh, have an ear to hear and that we're responsive to the voice of God. Uh, 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 number five, I will be an active participant in the ministry, uh, ministry of reconciliation uh, given to me by God. That, that, that church has got it backwards to where it's, it's a spectator thing now, where we go to our theater style churches and all the seats are pointed toward the stage and then we've got the professional singers, we got the programs, we got the performances, we got this, we got that, and we just watch and consume, but that's not what Jesus said. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of all men, right? And so it's not spectator, it's an active thing. And God's releasing us to be active participants. And then uh, 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 number six, I'm coming out of this with more than I had before and more than I lost combined, amen? That whatever I release, remember we saw Jesus said it. Remember the rich young ruler, hey, look, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. He said, well, there's one thing, sell your riches. And he left, and it was after he left that Jesus taught the lesson. And we talked about we can't leave before the lesson. He was sad and left. He should have stayed for the lesson where Jesus says, anything anybody gives up for my sake, and the gospel that you will get it back in this life a hundredfold and in the life to come, okay? And so we're claiming that and believing that uh, to still be true, amen? Uh, 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 and so you can add it all up and I'm coming out with more when I release what God is telling me to release. All right, here we go. Part eight of release and, 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 and as always, you know, we'll go for however long we go, 20, 20, 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so. Here we go. So uh, these are scriptures that we've read before, okay? Um, and so I'm just going to kind of go through a brief thing just before we get into the lesson. Um, uh, 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 part eight, release part eight, is, is, is titled, just give him what you got, okay? Give what you got. Whatever it is you have, give him what you got, all right? Now watch this. Now God is releasing us to something we talked about. God is releasing us, right, to make a kingdom impact here on earth, okay? 2 Corinthians 5.18 uh, through 19. So 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 19, we talked about this before, where it says that, that God was reconciling man back to himself through Jesus Christ, but he has now given us this ministry of reconciliation so that he is making his appeal through us, right, to tell men, repent, come back to the Father. So he's making that appeal to, uh, uh, to us. We're not spectators in this. Ephesians 2.10 says that he has given us, that we are his handiwork, right? We're God's handiwork, and he has given us a good work to do uh, 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 before time, right? And so we see that. And then 2 Corinthians uh, 9.8, where he says uh, he has given to us all things we need so that we can abound in every good work. Talking about material things, he's given us everything that we need, right, to abound in every good work. So that's 2 Corinthians 9, 8, those three, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 18 through 19, uh, Ephesians 2 and 10, and then 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. I'm just reading through those because we went through those in, in some of the previous um, uh, lessons. So here we go. Something we've got to understand, that God has equipped you right now, watch this, to do his work with what you have. There's this thing that we do in church where we, where we have to wait and stop and think about it and pray about it. It's amazing the things that we say in church that we got to pray about. You know, I got to pray to see if God is calling me to spread the gospel in this way. I got to pray to see if God is calling me to do this. But nobody ever says, I got to sit and pray to see if I need to buy these new shoes. Okay. We don't, we don't pray about that, but we got to pray. It would seem to me that it would make more, that, that we would need to pray to see if I need to get these new shoes before I need to pray to see if God wants me to do his work. I, I would assume that we just know that his work is what we need to do. Amen. And so we need to stop waiting for it to happen. It's, the Bible says that God has given us everything pertaining to what? Life and godliness, and that what God has for you to do, redeeming man back to himself, he has already given you everything, every tool you need to do that work. Amen. Let's go to John 6. And here's where we'll be. 
giving them what you got. John 6, 1 through 14. I'm going to start at 1. Here we go. After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, uh, which is the Sea of Tiberias, right? Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who uh, were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread uh, that these may eat? But now he said, he said this to test him, for he knew what he would do. Philip answered him, uh, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, uh, every one of them, that they may have a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who had five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Okay, let's stop right here. So here we go. Jesus is out here ministering. He's healing people. And so there's a great multitude coming because of the way that he's teaching. We saw how he teaches with authority. We talked about this a few lessons ago. Um, and he's healing people of disease. And this is causing a great multitude to follow. Now watch this. Jesus understands that in the middle of this spiritual uh, uh, ministry and this healing that's happening, that there is a physical need that has to, that has to uh, be taken care of, that people are what? hungry and it is time to feed them amen and so with impact we already understand that we live out what it says in james 2 uh 15 through 17 that, that, that yeah you say you have faith but if your brother says he's hungry and need a drink and all you do is pray for them but don't give them what you need your faith is dead because faith without works is dead and that's in james 2 15 so we see jesus living this out that yes as he's healing people as he's teaching the gospel, as he's spreading the good news, that there are people who need to eat, and now his concern turns towards the material thing that they need, right? Now watch this. Sunday, we talked about the fact that although faith is the lens by which we, we view things, we walk by faith and not by sight, right? That, that doesn't change facts, amen? That it doesn't change facts, and it doesn't deny the facts. We just look through a lens of faith and not our carnal minds, amen? So now there were two faith, uh, fact-based statements made here. Watch this. Philip says uh, in verse 7, uh, you know, we don't have enough money to buy enough bread to feed everybody. That is a fact, okay? He didn't have to deny it. He ain't got to twist the facts. We talked about it Sunday. You have to come up with alternative facts. Like, the fact is the fact. He does not have enough money. They don't have money to buy bread for everybody. And then Andrew says, now there is this kid, and he's got, he's got some food, but it is not enough to feed everybody. It's basically nothing. What are we supposed to do with this? Listen, that is the lens at which they were looking through things carnal. It doesn't change facts. It doesn't deny the facts. Amen? It's just that we don't use our carnal eye to view the facts we look through faith. Now, sometimes when we are caught and we're talking about God releasing us in the ministry, we can almost look at ourselves in that same way. We look at ourselves in the same thing as far as the money wasn't enough and what the little kid had wasn't enough, right? It's like, what? What I have is not enough. I don't have enough to do whatever it is you're saying that God is calling me to do. I don't have what it takes. I don't know the scriptures. I like that. I don't know what, God can't use me. Look at all the things I've been through. Look at the mistakes that I've made. Look at my past. God can't use me. I'm not good enough. You know, uh, the need is too large. You know, uh, when you look at all the people and all the needs and, and, and whether it's psychological, whether it's material, if there's so much need out there, there's no way that I have enough to meet it. The needs are too large. These are some of the things that we say about ourselves. I don't have the time. 
I have so much other stuff to do. These are things that we say that really mirrors what Philip and what Andrew was saying, that there's not enough money, that there's not enough from what this little boy is bringing here to feed everybody. The lens by which we view ourselves when God is calling us to minister, that I'm not enough, that the, the, the need is too large. I can barely take care of myself. I'm barely saved. I can barely take care of myself. And now you want me to go out here and help others, right? I don't know enough. These are all these things that run through our mind as we make these uh, 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 confessions and declarations as to why we can't serve and participate in that ministry of reconciliation that God has called all of us to, not just the pastor, not just the, the teacher, but all of us to, amen? Now watch this. Those statements, even when we make them, possibly can be true, and they may be fact, but our confession, remember we talked about speech therapy, where when we speak, Unless we only speak when it comes to our authority, when it comes to our faith, and to our to our belief. That's speech therapy. Um, um, if you got to catch up on that, I just go back and you can check up uh, on speech therapy. But the confession, listen, the things we see and the things we're faced with, and the things that may run through our mind. But remember, we've got to cast down imaginations, every happen that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought. Right? And those things that run through our mind. Uh, 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 is, is one thing, but our confession can't be swayed by that, right? Our belief, our confession, our expectation, and our action has to be through the lens of our faith, right? The Bible says the just shall walk by faith. And so the lens of faith says, let me see what God can do with this. And it's not enough. The fact is it's not enough. The fact is I don't have enough. The fact is I may not have what it takes. However, if I offer it up to God, Let's see what he can do with it. That's what the lens of our faith says. Now watch this. All the people who were out there uh, hearing Jesus. Now remember, they talk about it was 5,000, at least 5, there were 5,000 men, and they didn't even count them, um, uh, women and children. Here's what's interesting. Out of all the people out there, over 5,000, you mean to tell me that there was only one little boy who had some food with him? There was only one kid who brought anything? Of course not. There must have been others who was out there. Now watch this. Maybe some people were caught off guard by Jesus being there, and they were unprepared. That's a sermon all in itself. Uh, uh, maybe there were some who were there and they ate what they already had. Uh, maybe there were some who legit just didn't have anything. And maybe there were some people who did have something, they just didn't offer it. The reason why he was the only one is not even important. What is important is what he decided to do with what he had, not what, he, not what everybody else was doing with what they did. Okay? We cannot be concerned or focused on what other people are doing with what they have. We need to focus on what are we doing with what God gave us. Amen. I can't be focused on what Sierra is doing with what, with what God gave her. I got to be focused on what God gave me, and I have to be ready to offer it. That's another point. Here we go. So this kid, that's right, Sierra, this kid did not plan on this situation. It's not like he woke up in the morning, watch this, and packed food because he knew that Jesus was going to need his lunch. No, 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 no. Because if he did plan on it, he probably would have bought more. He didn't plan on that thing. He didn't, he didn't expect Jesus to need his lunch to feed those people. He didn't, he didn't plan on that. Sometimes the situation caused you to serve in the moment. And that's what he had. He had a moment where what he had despite the fact that it was only a little bit, was needed by Jesus. And he had to make the decision, am I going to step up and offer it? Am I going to step up and serve? Or am I going to keep it to myself? He didn't have time. Jesus needed what he uh, needed right there. And sometimes we cause, we talked about a delay on Sunday. Sometimes we're the cause of our own delay. 
because of, we're looking at what we have and says, well, there's 5,000 men out here. There's over 5,000 people. What I have ain't enough, so I'm not going to offer it. No, no, no. Jesus just needed him to offer it so he could perform the miracle. It's not on me to perform the miracle. It's not on Charles to perform the miracle. It ain't on Mike to perform the miracle. It's on Jesus to perform the miracle. What I do is I offer what I have, understanding that what I have ain't enough. And even if I thought I had enough, it ain't enough. And it's up to Jesus to perform the miracle, amen? And so sometimes that situation causes you to serve within the moment, to give it up, to release. Are you ready at a moment's notice to jump into action uh, when it is time, right? When he didn't have two weeks to prepare. He didn't have, you know, uh, oh, well, let me get myself together. Let me get this together. Let me get that together. He didn't have time to get anything together. He had to step in and do this thing, what? Right there. So he gave it up so it could benefit others which is another thing that hinders our release, is that sometimes we think, well, if I give this up, then I won't have. You know what I mean? Well, I gotta make sure that, that, that Manny has what he has, and so I don't wanna give up anything like that. But we've gotta get out of that scarcity mentality, right? He could have selfishly said, this is mine, it's not enough, I, 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 anyway, so I'm just gonna eat my own stuff. I ain't up to feed everybody, so I'm not gonna give it up, I'm just gonna eat it myself. But he didn't, he trusted Jesus with it, and he decided to what? To release it. Amen. Now watch this. Now Jesus fed all those people with what the boy gave him. And here's the, here's the kick. Here's where it gets back to what we talked about in, in release part seven, uh, how you'll get it back. He was able to feed every single person there with what the boy gave him, including feeding the boy. <laughs> he ate anyway. He was going to get his. He ate anyway. But what happened was when he gave it to Jesus, Jesus split it. He blessed it. He gave it to all the people. There was enough for everyone to eat, including the boy, and there was more left over. You will not miss out because of your release. We just talked about that in part seven. You got to go back and listen to part seven, where it says that there's not one person who will give up anything for Jesus' sake and for the gospel's sake who will not get it in return in this life or the next. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he gave him what he had. It fed everybody. And the boy ate too. He was part of that group. And there was so much left over. And so when he gives up this little bit, watch this, that he gave it back to him and there was so much more left over. And there was so much more left over. So as we go through this release and as God is calling you to release um, on this uh, Tuesday night devotion, just remember what I have is enough for God to use if I give it to him, if I give it to him. Because here's the thing, the boy could have just kept the stuff for himself, but all he was going to have was two fish and five and that's all he would have had for himself. And no one else would have ate, and there would have been nothing else left over. But what you have is enough for God to use, but we have to what? Release it to him. 